This is the Off Your Mind Podcast. Sit back, relax, and lock yourself in for highs, lows, laughter, and possibly a few tears. After you've taken it all in, please subscribe and leave a review. And remember, live well and be grateful. G'day guys, and welcome back to another episode of Off Your Mind. Today we have a huge guest for you all. He's played 39 games for the Adelaide Crows and is currently listed at the Brisbane Lions after moving last year. In today's episode, we'll cover all things from football, early life as an Indigenous man, and what we can do as a country in bridging the gap of inequality. Please welcome Ken ellis Yellman. We know you'll enjoy this episode as much as we did. Uh, so Ken, welcome to Occupy <laughs> Thanks for having me. Hey, Ken. Yeah, so before we get into things, we'd like to ask people what they're grateful for. So in this current climate, what are you grateful for? Yeah, for me, it's obviously um, good health um, for me, my family and my friends. Uh, obviously in a troublesome time with this whole pandemic, but um, yeah, I'm just happy all my family and friends and myself is uh, healthy and yeah, obviously can play, get started into the season, play footy. Perfect. All right, well, the next segment is um, the word association game, which we like to play every episode. Um, it goes, I, I give you a word, and you pretty much just give us the first thing that pops into your head. Yeah. So the first word is family. First. Indigenous. Me. Equality. Uh, a must. And footy. Uh, job, life. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, easy. So, yeah, on footy, congratulations on your career so far. Uh, we know you've had a few setbacks with injuries. Hopefully um, they're all behind you now and you can sort of look forward into the future. But when did your footy journey sort of start for you? Yeah, so I I was literally following my, my older brother since um, since I was younger. So uh, I started playing when I was six. He started under eight, so I was um, six. So followed him all the way through. I lived out in um, Salisbury, so I went through all the – um, the northern suburbs footy footy club, so Modbury, um, and then moved to the west side, um, and then got picked up by the Eagles. So I went through the whole development squad at, the, at Woodville West Torrens, um, which was good. Loved loved my time there, um, and then managed to get drafted when I was eighteen. Um, played state footy uh, for SA, and then yeah, got picked up from there. So um, yeah, just. Went through school, footy, um, yeah, the, the Eagles development team was unreal, like developed me pretty, um, got me ready for for AFL footy and um, yeah, some some major talent that's come out of Woodworth Torrance, so yeah, that was a great start um, and then uh, yeah, got picked up by the Crows and yeah, now I'm at the Lions, so. Not oh, perfect. Did you um did you see the move to Brisbane as an opportunity for a fresh start? You obviously you had a few years at Adelaide and didn't go to plan, obviously with injuries and and whatnot. Did you see that as just a fresh start? Is that why you moved, or was there other factors in the, in play? Yeah, mainly just a fresh start. Like I've been in Adelaide obviously all my life. Um, been at Adelaide Crows the whole time, and um I just needed a change of scenery. Um, not just for footy, but just for me. I reckon um. I just need to kind of get get away from Adelaide. Obviously, Adelaide can be a small town at at, at times. So, yeah. um, I just felt like a change of scenery. I used to come over to Brisbane because my bro- older brother actually lives in Toowoomba, which is about an hour and a half out. Um, and my cousin lived on the Gold Coast, so I used to do every holidays. I used to do a little round trip 
um, and catch up with um, like Charlie and Mitch Robinson when they were here at Brisbane, and then I'd go see my older brother. So I've I've got to know Brisbane over the years, and and then, I, and then the opportunity um, came up. Fags uh, wanted to have a catch up, um, and they were interested in getting getting me over. So I just took the opportunity, and I th- I thought I'd been at Adelaide for a long time, and I thought it was my time to move on, yeah. and um, kind of explore um, life away from from home. So I thought it was a good opportunity. It sounds like you're loving it so far. We spoke a bit off air about how, how nice the weather is and the lifestyle is. So, yeah. I think it suits me a bit, a bit better. I can see you yeah. guys jumpers and, and a whole yeah. bloody freezing over here. No, <laughs> I'm sitting, I'm, I'm a bit hot in this t shirt. <laughs> uh, I'm loving it. Yeah. Uh, the whole preseason, literally, I was, I'd go um, train during the week. Um, day off, I'd cruise down to the Gold Coast, catch up with Hugh Greenwood, who's at the Gold Coast now. Yeah. Um, I'd store my, I stored all my surfboards at his house, so I'd get up early in the morning, go for a surf with him, hang out for the day, and then come back. And it's like an hour, an hour, hour and a, about yeah, an hour um, drive to his house. So it's pretty cruisy. It's like going to Victor Harbour. No, it's perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. So obviously with um the COVID restrictions in place, they're especially strict for you guys as AFL players, but sort of how have you found isolation and more importantly, keeping fit so you're ready to go for when the season has started? Yeah, so when this all all went down, um, obviously we played round one um, and then they said, they gave us a choice whether you can go back home and see out the pandemic or you can stay in Brisbane and I chose actually to go back home. So I was in Adelaide for... I think eight weeks, um, just literally training every day um, and just obviously abiding by the whole restrictions and all that. But, yeah, I saw it as a good uh, opportunity to get fitter um, and, yeah, came back really fit. So um, that's all I was doing, really. I just just uh, put my head down, bum up and just, just train, really. Ran three times a week. Um, I got into cycling. Obviously, Adelaide being the tour down under and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're Mate. one of those guys. Yeah, I was <laughs> mammals. Um, I always said I didn't want to be one of them, but I turned into <laughs> one. Um, but, yeah, with no cars on the road, it was just perfect um, to just go cycling. And it's probably the only the best opportunity for me to actually socialise because you can actually talk and ride next to someone. So yeah, yeah. obviously can't go and catch up with them at a cafe. So I, was, I just did that. Um, and, yeah, came back couple of weeks prior to uh, us going back to training and yeah felt good and felt fit so um, it was tough definitely tough to keep motivated yeah, yeah. Um, eight, eight weeks is a long time especially when you're just about to start a season because um, pre-season is probably the worst thing an <laughs> can go through um, during the year so yeah we just finished pre-season then had to just go into a, pretty much a mini pre-season so yeah, yeah. What was the hardest part about isolation for you? So obviously you went, you came back home, but um, yeah, what was the hardest part for you? Um, for me, it was just like it was just like really frustrating because I just started a new club, just started in a new town. Um, I was yeah really happy there. I was starting to get to know the area, um, and then yeah, obviously the, the whole restrictions happened. So um, I could have stayed in Brisbane, but I thought I'd come home and see my family. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Adelaide wasn't didn't have as many cases, so the restrictions weren't as bad. So, yep. um, after a while, we could go like cafes opened up, 
Um, I only had to wait two weeks to so I could see my family, um, who I'm pretty you know, really close to. So I was happy to spend um, the six weeks seeing them every second day and um, doing my training. So that was probably the hardest thing. Just obviously, I just made connections with the the my new teammates at the at the Lions, um, and then you obviously spend eight weeks away from them. So came back two weeks early and, and caught up with them and yeah now it's all good that's perfect how do you have you found um mingling with your mate like the footy mates and um your teammates and whatnot is how are you finding brisbane so far it's perfect yeah it's good like um it's weird because i'm like the older guy now like um yeah 27 and brisbane have a pretty young list like yeah. the majority of the boys are under 25 so um yeah it's been a, a bit different um but yeah, they, they're great, great guys. Um, really easy to get along with, and um, I felt like I've fit, fit in well. So, no, nah, it's 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 been a um, it's made the adjustment heaps better um, having guys like that that just accept you and and um, bring you into the club easily. Awesome. Um, so we'll get we'll get right into it to what this um, show's all about: mental health. So yeah. You're a proud you're a proud Indigenous man and a proud Indigenous advocate. And you've done a lot for um, Aboriginal people within the within Australia. So, what are your thoughts on the current sort of global situation with racism and this Black Lives Matter movement? Um, yeah, it's it's great. I reckon yeah, it's uh, it's been full on. Obviously, seeing what's going on in America and all that, but um, in Australia, I reckon it's um, it's about time that um, yeah we've been able to stand up and. Um, not just Aboriginals standing standing up, but um, a lot of non-Indigenous people standing up together and showing support um, for equality and um, realising that we do go through a lot, lot of different stuff, um, injustice and um, obviously the, the deaths in the incarceration is pretty full on, like the number's outrageous. Um, so, yeah, just, just to have Australia realising what's going on and... Um, um, trying to force a change in um, how we go about it is is massive. So I think it's, it's a great movement um, here in Australia. For sure, yeah. Well, Simon and I went to the um, to the protest the other day in Adelaide. Yeah. And it was it was quite overwhelming to see how many it people yeah. were there um, firsthand, and also the amount of people that were there that were quite clear, quite clearly affected by it um, yeah. emotionally. Um, and yeah, I mean, I learned things that day that I I never I'd never known and probably should have known. Um, yeah. It's it's people that we're standing next to every day and we're conversing with every day and we don't know what they're going through. So it's it's good to sort of it feels good to now be a bit more educated in the manner in the yeah. fact that um, Aboriginal people within our country that we work with, play sport with, and live with are going through so much. So yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. Four hundred and thirty-two deaths, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah that's it's just that's an, an enormous number. Is there yeah. is, is there any frustration also though that it's taken something overseas to sort of spark interest more in the within the, the Australian community? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um yeah, it's it's um a bit of frustration, but it's um it's been a massive eye opener for everyone. Like it just yeah. kind of sparked a a global response um it's not just in australia but it's been around the world um um and yeah it's a realization that um obviously people of color and um indigenous people in the world are, are treated differently and um go through different things in life that 
non-Indigenous and yeah, non-Indigenous people don't see and don't go through. So, yeah, it's been a great stepping stone to actually um, open open that that conversations up. Um, obviously, um, the protest was awesome, and as you said, like you didn't know these types of things, and I think that's the one big thing that we need to get out of it is um, education to. Yeah. For people to actually realise that this actual these things actually go on and um, these things actually do happen to your friends and um, and your family members and all that stuff around around Australia and around the world. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that we need to need to um, need to change in in Australia. And there in was the world. A, yeah, there was a video that I saw that you posted the other day. Um, an an indigenous actor i can't actually remember his name but he did a speech on the on a show i can't remember yeah. the show it was on q and a q oh, yeah it was q and a and that was that was amazing it like it it really brought a lot of emotions out of me i'm obviously not an indigenous australian but i felt his pain and it was just i don't know it was moving yeah absolutely that was um even like made me a little bit um like teary just just hearing and the emotions cuz it's something that, like the words that he said, was saying that Indigenous people do go through, yeah, uh, um, and people of colour do go through on a, on a daily basis, and um, yeah, it's it's it might be small things, but those small things obviously um, gather up over time, and yeah, um, yeah, obviously it's the stuff that's happened in America is just the straw that's broken the camel's back, and now. Obviously, um, we're trying to make a stand, and we want to make ch- we want to see change, and we're hoping we can get support from everyone in Australia to to show the show that they support us and they want to see change as well. For sure. So, what was it um, like for you growing up as an Indigenous Australian in Adelaide? It wasn't wasn't too bad. Like I um obviously playing footy it helps. Yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of Indigenous people were recognised for playing footy. Um, I was always always good at footy, so I was always picked for for teams and stuff. But I reckon, yeah, obviously it was just the small comments and um, remarks and stuff that you get from kids back then um, that they didn't think it was racist and they didn't know any better. Um, and obviously you you hear it and you uh, and it hurts you, but like obviously back then when you're a kid you don't know any better, so you don't stand up or you don't say anything or if you do you get into fights and doesn't doesn't lead to anything um and yeah the, obviously no no one realizes it um until now and then you, you remember back and you think far out you sh- like you realize the kids back then needed so much more education uh, yeah. and realize that that's not the right thing to say or or do or go about stuff so yeah for sure now, like I've, I've been, I've been pretty good. Um, it's, I've just got some small stuff that's is is there, and it's it's definitely been uh, uh, a lot of a lot of indigenous people would would get that type of stuff, like um, in shops and stuff. Like just being yeah. followed security and um, even simple things by Uber rocking up and seeing who you are and then just driving off. Like, yeah, um, yeah, it's. It's it might seem minor, but yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, it's as you said, it accumulates. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I guess on that, did you experience any sort of racism that sticks out to you or inequality when you were growing up? 
or was it just these little things that accumulated over time? Yeah, just it was just the the slurs that kids would say yeah. um, because they've obviously heard it from family members or friends yeah. or something like that, um, and they probably don't even know what it means to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they they associate that means you say that to a Aboriginal person or a person with colour, um, and they think it's an insult, so they'll say it. Yeah. Um, and they might not think it's that bad, but far it actually does hurt. And um, you might not show it when it happens, but like, or you always go go away and think about it, and you think far out. Someone to say that, um, and for that word to be thrown around so easily, um, especially in Australia, it's, yeah, it's pretty full on. Yeah, I think you mentioned before that I mean, not many kids were probably educated in the right manner years ago when you were growing up and we were growing up. But I think it there's still su- such a long way for us to go as a country and obviously the world to educate people in the indigenous culture um, of Australia because you guys at the end of the day it is it's all of our country but we need to learn about you guys as well like about indigenous Australians and like I didn't I'd never heard that 432 number before the protest which is yeah scary to me Oh, exactly. And that's the thing. We are the First Nations people. Like we've we've been here for 60-plus thousand years. Um, and, yeah, it's, it'd be silly not to actually learn about the first people that were here in Australia and um, the history we have. Because, yes, yes, there is like bad history with non-Indigenous and Indigenous Australians. And um, if we want to move forward, we have to – Everyone has to know that type of stuff, and you can't just get swept under the rug and not not be taught. Um, yeah, it has yeah. to be in schools. Kids that want to know and have to know um, what actually the the truth of what happened when um, um, when the English came over here and um, and when they settled and all that stuff. So, um, and yeah, education in schools as low as as primary school needs to be taught because it can't be an option. I think when it when it becomes an option, that's when it it starts to move away from actual kids wanting to know and um, kids actual learning because um, obviously they'll they'll want to pick another subject. But if if kids if it's an if if it's a um, what's the word if it's um, compulsory, yeah, then yeah, it makes education so much better and and then kids will grow up actually realizing. Um, who Aboriginal people are and where we came from and what we've done get done in Australia instead of, yeah, obviously um, the stuff that's happened. Yeah, well, that feeds in perfectly to the next question. What do you think we as a country need to do to continue making strides forward for the bridging the gap of inequality? So obviously we mentioned um, education. Do you think there's anything else that stands out that you think as a whole nation we can do to bridge that gap? Yeah, my main thing, yeah, would be would be uh, education. Um, that's yeah, that's and and we got to admit that these things are going on as well. Like a lot of people, like you see comments and stuff, and they a lot of people are just in denial and they mm. they think it just happened so like ages ago, but it, it's it's not it's not ages ago. These things um, are not a thing of the past. They're they're still in this in this generation. Yeah. Um, so we need to actually re- realise and accept that these things did actually happen and it's not um, – we're not just um, making this stuff up and um, complaining about it because this, this, these type of things um, are real to us 
um, as Indigenous people and um, we just want change um, and I think that's the, that's, that's the first thing we need to actually, actually do. Yeah, from personal experience, like I know, I don't know about you in primary school, but we were taught about there was a small section on Aboriginal culture, but there wasn't, we didn't get told of what happened. Like the colonisation topic never happened. And I just think that's something that you've, I think we have to know about almost. You've got to know how your country started, where where everyone came from. So it's not just about learning about Aboriginal culture, but yeah, like you're saying, the truth of what's going on. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's, it's, that's the thing people think that like the stolen generation was years and years ago like um back when um captain cook first came over here and that's when they think it happened but it was it was in the 1900s like um yeah it's it's um and it's it's still happening with um indigenous um kids getting taken away from their family and, and um put into um adoption and child services and stuff like that so um these are the things that we need to realise. Um, yeah. That it's still it's still relevant and still um, still happening here in Australia. So. Yeah. I feel as yeah. I'm I'm not sure if it's me getting older and a bit more aware, but it feels like this time, obviously, what's happened in America, it feels like we've come together as a country through what's happened in the US, and it feels like this is it. We need to make a change. We need to start doing it now, and hopefully things are starting are going to be put in place for things to move forward and for things to progress so that gap is of equality is lessened like it, it needs to happen now oh absolutely no i definitely agree um yeah it's been a massive stepping stone um for change um and yeah that's that's, that's what we definitely need um for everyone to come together um and agree that obviously there is inequality in um yeah, we need to we need to make it right. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that that's um that's all we've got on that topic. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. I I think it's just it it dumbfounds me the facts that I've found out over the last week. And as we've mentioned, education needs to change, and people need to be well, even from the top. I don't want to get too political, but I don't know what your thoughts are, mate. But Scott Morrison coming out and telling us that slavery didn't exist. I'm just found that baffling because it, there's evidence of it and I just don't understand why we need to keep sweeping it under the carpet even from the top like and let's there's, get facts, it, there's, there's photos like let's yeah. get it out there let's talk about it oh definitely like it as and it's it's amazing that's what I, that's what I mean with the, that older generation you see like when you read comments and and stuff like that on Instagram and um and Facebook it's it's that older in, um yeah, generation yeah. that don't want to, don't really want, want to actually know what actually happened because, um, yeah, obviously it's it's so bad and um, they just kind of want to forget about it and think, oh, we got to forget about it. Just let's just move on, like, um, and you can't do that. You got to actually teach people what what actually happened so then they realise, um, and yeah, so we can actually, um, yeah obviously get everyone on the same on the same page um and moving in the right direction i guess i for me i take a lot of out of how new zealand have done it and how incorporated maori culture is within their um country and i think that's just something we can take away as a country as well and and sort of be proud of it yeah oh definitely no absolutely it's amazing um 
the way their culture is and seeing the haka. I think watching the haka is one of the most, yeah, it actually gets Gives you goosebumps every time. Yeah, it gives you gives you goosebumps. Yeah, it's unreal to see um, uh, what they do when they when they do it at at funerals and um, big events, rugby. It's yeah, it's unbelievable to to watch. Um, And yeah, as you said, does give you goosebumps. Um, But yeah, it's it's something that that we need to need to address and um, and actually look at. Aboriginal culture and, and putting in the mainstream Australia. Absolutely. Cool. Well, um, yeah. that's what we've got for you, mate. Um, it's awesome. Been an, it's been an absolute pleasure getting you on. We've been trying to get you on for a few weeks now. Yeah, so no, it's good to finally so get hold of you. Definitely, yeah. So it's been um, yeah, it's been full on obviously getting back into into footy now and um, yeah. finally actually playing games. So yeah. Who have uh, you guys got this week? Just uh, Frio. 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 Yeah. yeah. At so. home. Yeah, the Gabba, which yeah should be good. Unfortunately, not not playing, but um, no, nah, the, the boys will uh, have a good game tomorrow and uh, they'll get up for it. So, nah, looking forward to to the actual season starting. It's uh, um, Richmond Collingwood. What's that? Long time coming. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The, the as I said, COVID yeah really ruined the ruined the start of the season, but we're back and there's nothing we can do do about it. So we're just gonna play the season out and. Um, yeah, we'll see how we go. What, what's your thoughts on the 16-minute quarters, just quickly? Um, yeah, it's 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 a bit different. We've had a few scratch matches. Um, yep. Game goes like that. It's just so quick. So quick. Um, for some people, yep. they, they like it. Um, for some other people, they they don't. But um, yeah, it's 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 definitely an adjustment. Um, yep. And we'll see how. I think it'll be good for the first first half and then i think people will start getting a bit bit sore because obviously it's faster pace definitely faster pace so yeah, we'll see yeah. how, how it goes well thanks for opening up mate thanks for having a chat with us not you know, too it's a, it's a hard topic at times but it's really good that we can have a conversation about it because it needs to keep happening so, oh definitely absolutely no thanks for ha- having me uh on the show perfect mate go the lines Thank you for listening in. We hope you enjoyed the show. And remember to subscribe and leave a review.